Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where we want you to find hope and encouragement from real people sharing their real stories. So here we go with your weekly dose of real talk, girl chat, and good vibes. Hi friends, today on episode 21, we are speaking with Alice Essery. She's a wife, a mom, daughter, teacher, and lover of Jesus. She's also a lifelong resident of Athens, Georgia, Go Dogs. But today she took time out of her day to share a big part of her story. Alice lost her brother Evan on January 28, 2008, when he was killed in action serving in the United States Army. She tells us sweet memories of Evan, how she found out he was no longer living, and what has carried her through grief. She also shares ways that she's continued to keep his memory alive. Thank you, Alice, for sharing with us. Here we go. All right, so we are here with Alice. Alice Essery, thank you so much for taking time and coming and sharing with us about your brother. Um, we want to get to know you first, so will you share a little bit about you? Yeah, um, absolutely. I have been married to my husband, Dave. It will be six years Saturday, actually. Mm-hmm. Celebrating our anniversary this weekend. Um, we have a three-year-old named Marshall, who is an absolute hoot. Um, I am a fourth grade teacher. I've been in education. This will be my 12th year. Um, and I'm currently in grad school. I'm actually halfway, about halfway done with my specialist. So that takes up a lot of my time right now. Um, but I grew up here in Athens, um, lived here my whole life. My parents are like five minutes down the road. So, which is really nice. Um, and you know, we are obviously big football fans. We like to spend time, spend a lot of time with family, reading. I've recently gotten into exercising, so that's been fun. Um, so anyway, I've really enjoyed growing up here and being in this community. What so. are you doing for exercise? I've actually been doing jazzercise. All right. So yeah. Yes. So I really enjoy it. Good. Yeah. Good. I have a friend who teaches jazzercise. Really? In Watkinsville. Okay. Yeah. It's the only thing that I've been able to be consistent with. Nice. So yeah. It's fun. It's it is. entertaining and you don't feel like you're working out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good. Good. Awesome. So. Well, we're glad that you're here. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So your brother was in the United States Army. Can you tell us about him, his legacy, and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So um, he, we are three years apart. So I, um, I was three years old when he was born, and mom always, you know, tells the story that she was so worried that I would be jealous and that just that I was like a little mom, you know, mm-hmm. to Evan. Um, but he was super just kind-hearted. I mean, just would always go out of his way to help others. I mean, we heard stories like when he was in basic, he would loan his car to someone who, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have transportation. We heard stories of that he would hand candy out and um, money like to the Iraqi children when he was deployed, which is really neat. Um, he was always really quiet, but he was a deep thinker. Like when he spoke, you know, it was probably going to be something profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and several people have, have told us the same thing, you know, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we had, you know, your typical sibling rivalry growing up. Um, he gave me a few black eyes and <laughs> cut my hair once. Uh-uh. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, Um, but you know, as we got older, we he matured, and we kind of had that relationship that I had always wanted. Um, So he decided to join the army when he was seventeen. 
So he was still actually in high school at the time. And he had to have my parents' permission. You know, he had to have them sign off that, that, that they would allow him to join. So dad, you know, when he expressed interest, dad kind of sat him down. And, you know, it was interesting because we don't have any family military background. Um, so it was just, you know, the fact that he wanted to take this path was just different for us. But dad, you know, kind of explained we're at war, you know, mm -hmm. and we want you to understand what you're getting mm -hmm. yourself into. Because what year was it? So this would have been 2003, about 2003. Mm -hmm. So the thick of it. Right, mm -hmm. right. And I mean, at that time, everybody was, if you were in the military, you were going to be deployed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he said he understood. I think he was looking for some direction mm -hmm. in his life, some structure. And um, so because he was seeking that, I think that led to his decision. So he joined and he went to basic training. He actually went to Fort Benning. He was stationed at Fort Benning for basic. And I remember going to see him um, when he graduated from basic. And just such an enormous just transformation and, and in a good way. I mean, he had changed physically. He had changed mentally. He was just he was a different person in a lot of ways. I mean, he was just so much more loving and just, you know, just the change in him was profound. So he then went on to deploy for his, his first deployment was in 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. And I remember getting him this Bible and I had his name engraved on this Bible and I had underlined this verse and it's Psalm 91, seven. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but near you, it will not come. And I prayed that over him. And I, in my heart of hearts, I truly believed that God would spare him. I mean, I truly thought he is going to protect Evan and Evan's going to be fine. So on that first appointment, um, they, and he was, he was stationed in Balad at that time. He was in Balad, Iraq. Um, so on that deployment, they actually lost a soldier. And I think it was the first experience that Evan had had with loss. And it was like the Humvee directly in front of him. Wow. Yeah. And um, he actually happened to be from Athens. His name was Marion Flint. Mm -hmm. And um, that had a huge impact mm -hmm. on Evan. I mean, he would, whenever he was in Athens, he would go visit his grave, you know. And, and I just remember... I worried a lot about Evan's mental health mm -hmm. um, at that time and beyond, you know, mm -hmm. and he never really talked that much about it, and I don't think many people in that situation do, right. but it was just, I, I could tell that, that that was just really just impacted him in a way that I wouldn't understand, um, but they came home from that deployment, and, you know, in a way that kind of, that gave me hope that he was going to come home. You know, he had made it through. He came back to the States. Um, and he was stationed at Fort Carson, which is in Colorado Springs. Um, and then he redeployed in 2007. Um, he had come home for Thanksgiving on his leave. And we had had just a really special time together. And... I'll never forget, you know, saying goodbye to him at, on that visit because 
we had already said our goodbyes and I was walking out the door and I was about to turn the corner and I looked back and it was like just that moment I was like what if you know this is the last time Mm -hmm. I ever lay eyes on him and it turned out you know that it would be Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. did you go back and give him a big hug yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. it was just a really special yeah it was just a really special moment and it's one that I won't you know I won't ever forget Mm -hmm. so wow yeah that's sweet I'm glad that you had that just reminder or like touch from God almost like it was it was God for sure yes that's so special yes so where were you when you found out that Evan had gotten hurt um so he had been back after that visit for about eight weeks and it was January 28th 2008 Um, I had graduated from UGA and at that time I was actually nannying for a sweet little boy named Jack Durham Um, and he had woken up from a nap and when he did I noticed you know that I had several missed calls from my dad which was somewhat unusual and so you know I immediately called him back and he said I need you to come home right now and you know I said well what what is it is it Evan and he said just come home and um, you know I frantically got in my car and I got Jack dropped off and I remember calling like several family members on the way and friends and saying just please pray I don't know what's happened but um, you know my fear is that something's happened to Evan Mm -hmm. Um, and my aunt was like you know don't don't worry yet you don't know anything he could have been injured you know um, anything's possible but I think deep down um, I knew so I got to my parents house and I remember noticing that my mom's car wasn't there and so I thought well maybe maybe it's mom you know maybe maybe something else has happened um, and so I walked in through the back door and my dad was walking towards me and he was crying and as I embraced him um, I saw that there were two military officers behind him in their living room um, and then you know I just I knew mm-hmm. no one had to tell me you know I I knew that Evan was gone um, and I mean I literally just collapsed on the hardwood floor and I was like I can't do this I mean that's the only thing that came out was just I I can't do this um, and then I watched my mom pull into the driveway and I realized in that moment she doesn't know and they're just I mean there are no words for what she is about to walk into um it's her worst nightmare and um I wish I hadn't been there when she found out but you know prior to this I had lost grandparents and I was close to my grandparents and you know there's it's still it's a really difficult thing but there's something that's just different about a sudden loss like this you know Evan was 21 I mean his life was just it was cut so short and he didn't get to do all of these things that I know he he dreamed of like going to college and having a family you know Mm -hmm. it's just that made it really different. I mean, there's nothing like just 
going through your routine like it's a mundane day and then just out of nowhere it's just like in a split moment life as you know it just changes forever mm-hmm. um so in the coming days you know we learned more about the incident and um kind of the circumstances surrounding his death we found out that he was driving the lead humvee and there were four other soldiers that were in the humvee that day they were all killed instantly when they they hit their vehicle hit an IED and this was in Mosul he was on his second deployment Can you tell people what an IED is yeah it's it's just basically like an explosive okay. device like yes bomb. and they yes and it's planted in the ground mm-hmm. so that it can't be seen so that when something triggers it like the vehicle it explodes yes. and so then this um firefight basically ensued and they so the five soldiers as the five soldiers lay dead there's this like firefight from this mosque um and evan's comrades continue to you know defend them and they're they're back and forth i mean it's just they they really lived out their the army promise that day which was that i will never you know leave a fallen soldier so you know, they essentially defended them when they couldn't defend themselves. And one day it hit me like, what an illustration that is Mm -hmm. for what God does for us. Mm -hmm. You know, he fights for us when we can't fight for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you know, we couldn't, I mean, there was no, it was just, and, and one of my favorite verses is Exodus 14, 14, which is, you know, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Um, so I clung to that, you know, I have it up in my house. It's, I truly believe that, that the Lord was fighting for me and carrying me, you know, through that time. So it took about a week to get Evan, you know, back to Athens. They fly all the fallen soldiers out to Dover. So we went to the Athens airport to, and you know, I'll never forget like the plane you know, coming in, um, and just like that first glance and the sheriff at the time was Ira Edwards and he whispered Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm in my ear. And just what comfort that brought me in that moment of just complete, you know, just devastation. I mean, it was just, there are just no words to describe, um, what that was like, but the days and weeks were kind of, you know, following were kind of a blur. You know, they say like that grief happens in these stages, but I don't know that it's a linear process. You know, there were times where I would just be hysterical and there were times where I was numb and I was walking around the house like a zombie. I mean, it was truly like I was on the outside looking in, you know, at someone else's life. Like this just can't be happening to us. But the Athens community, I mean, they really just rallied around us. And they they had a prayer service, and they just lay hands on us that night at my parents' church. Um, and people really were. I mean, they brought, there were hundreds of people. They brought food and encouragement and hugs, I mean, in and out of our house just for weeks on end. You know, and my friends were amazing. They, I think I lost like 13 pounds in a week. I couldn't eat. They just forced me. I mean, they made me eat. They prayed for me, you know, when I just, I didn't have the words myself. They, you know, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to sleep alone. They took turns just being with me. So that just meant a lot. 
you know, I remember trying to pray during that time, and it was like I had prayed for years and years, and it's like all that would come is just, Lord, help me, and and that was enough. So I had to be okay with that. But our grief journey kind of ended up being a very public thing, which was hard because it just, it makes just that, it was just so much more surreal, I guess, just knowing that, you know, the media's at the service and then they're at the graveside. It was just a hard thing um, because grief can be a private, kind of a private thing too. And everybody grieves differently. And um, that just kind of added to, you know, it it just made it a little more difficult. But But, I, you know, looking back, I just, I see God's hand in everything that we experienced um, during that time. Yes. So. Well, we are sorry that that oh, happened. Thank you. Um, thank you. I know I didn't meet you until after yeah. he had passed, but I feel like you've kept his memory alive so well. Yeah. I Can you tell that. us just some about how you have kept his memory alive, what you've done to kind of make sure that his legacy lives on yeah um so we actually some friends of ours right after this happened they started the evan andrew marshall memorial fund and originally it was intended to benefit the children of fallen servicemen and women it was educational scholarships for those for the children those children but it's kind of evolved. Um, that was a little limiting, we found. So we wanted to kind of broaden the pool. Mm-hmm. So the University of Georgia has now taken it over. And it's through the, um, the Student Office of Veteran Affairs. And so they it's now awarded to basically someone who's pursuing an educational degree that's served in a combat zone. Awesome. So... And it's really cool timing because we are going to present actually the very first Evan Andrew Marshall Scholarship Award on November 7th. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited. We'll present the first one. I think President Moorhead is going to present another in May. And people are just, that people are still, I mean, I get cards in the mail every other week that someone else has donated to the fund. I mean, it's just amazing how much support now and over the years that we've that we've had and we also named my son um actually after evan so he is marshall evan so evan's his middle name Mm -hmm. so that was really special to us to be able to incorporate his name in into my son's name but um, you know i do everything i can to be sure that his legacy does live on and to help people you know, remember him, and that's one reason I really wanted to share his story. Um, is just, just to you know, I think our biggest fear, and probably my parents too, is that people will forget. You know, because mm-hmm. after so much time has passed. Mm-hmm. But I want to to be sure that I that that his memory lives on. So, have you um, talked to Marshall about Evan? I have. Yes, yes. actually, he knows all about Evan, and he'll point <laughs> to pictures and he'll say, "Yeah, says that's Evan." So, yes, yes he okay. knows. Yeah, he's still too young to really too. understand, but yeah, he'll take pride in that. Absolutely, yeah, he gets older. Absolutely, his uncle served yeah the country so well. That's yeah. sweet. Thank you. I think the scholarship is amazing. That yes. And that the University of Georgia took it on. Yes. Let's do this and make this scope um, wider. Right. Broader. We're so appreciative, yes, of that. 
What would you say to someone listening who either has a family member going in the military and might be feeling that same way that you felt of, oh gosh, what if they get deployed or they are deployed and they have that fear um, to remind them that they're not alone or somebody who's lost a sibling? You know, I think that grief, especially sibling grief, um, and, and really the whole scope of grief is just a hard thing. I think starting with just specific sibling grief, I think it can be overlooked a lot. I think people, and absolutely losing a child has to be the most just unimaginable thing. Um, and I just pray that mm-hmm. I never have to experience that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people would often, they would ask me like, how are your parents? How are your parents? You know, and, and it's hard because it's like, here I am like falling apart and nobody, I mean, you know, not even thinking like, mm-hmm. well, I wonder if, you know, Alice is okay. You know, mm-hmm. not that they, right. but you know what I mean? Like, it's just right. the focus is on and them. I'm sure it could make you feel selfish if you said, you know, like, what about me? <laughs> oh, you absolutely. Know, during, during and so I never, that, because part of me or most, I mean, at that time I grieved probably more too for my parents because it was like, I cannot imagine the grief that they're going through. Um, But I do think sibling, Mm -hmm. you know, sibling grief is overlooked at times. But, you know, um, grief, I think, makes, can make people uncomfortable. And I think that was a hard thing for me um, to realize. So I think often with people that have lost loved ones, you know, people don't want to mention their name because they're afraid that it'll upset you or they don't know what to say. So, but I mean, I, I really find that in my own life, it's a gift when people bring up Evan's name because I, I love talking about Evan and his memory and the good memories. I love that I can look back now and think of the good, the, the, the good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just a gift. And I think often, um, people just, just have that, you know, they have that fear. So, but at a certain point too, I think people feel like it's not something that should be talked about, like something that, um, I should be over or anyone Mm -hmm. should be over. Mm -hmm. And it's really something that you're never, I mean, you, you get through it, but it's always with you, you know, and somebody described it to me as it's something that you just grow accustomed to. I mean, it's just like learning to live without, a limb or, you know, it's like something that you just, eventually you just have to get used to, you know, that he's not here physically, um, but he's still with me. Mm -hmm. One other thing that really helped me is someone told me right after Evan died, they were, you know, and I think they had lost a sibling too. They were like, you know, you will have joy again. You know, you will have good times again, because at that time you really don't feel like you will ever be happy again or it's just like you you just can't imagine that I mean it's just like you're just swallowed with just grief and you and you just feel like there's no end in sight um so that was one thing you know that helped that helped so good yeah that probably was hard for them to say too um yeah they had an understanding to say like you are going to feel joy again right yeah hard to share that truth but I'm glad that they did because it seems like that gave you hope. It did. It absolutely did. That was one of the most encouraging things I think that someone told me. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that you've grown through 
this through the loss of, of Evan? You know, um, yeah, at some point I think that I realized that I could be better or I could get better, you know, and I wouldn't say I was ever angry at God, but I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand how with so many people praying for him and with me just believing that God was going to protect him, like, Mm -hmm. why did this happen? Um, so, you know, but I think that like, it's also helped me to be able to reach out to others. Like it's given me purpose so that I can help others that are, have experienced, um, loss. And one verse that really also, you know, made a lot, meant a lot to me was Psalm 7120, which is though you've made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore me again. And that was one thing that, that helped. And, um, I really, clung to worship during that time and I feel like my relationship with the Lord really grew stronger as a result um so you know I I thought a lot about there's a song called Though You Slay Me by Shane and Shane and it's like one of my favorite songs ever because it's basically saying you know though you take from me you know I will still praise you and I will still worship you know though you ruin me um And, you know, he did, you know, take, but he's also so good to me and he also gives and he's also given me blessings that and things in my life that I could have never fathomed at that time, you know. Um, So it's amazing to look back and kind of see. And I just love that because it expresses, yes, like Evan, that Evan was suddenly taken from us that I'll, but that I will still choose him, you know, and choose to praise him regardless of anything I go through in life. It's really given me hope, I think, for the future and things that I fear about the future because I've thought, you know, if I can survive this, I can survive anything. And I think it's that way. I mean, if you had asked me before if my parents, if I would live through that, because it is something you, you think about when you have a loved one deployed. I mean, that's just a natural thing is to worry and you know I would have said there is no way that we will live through that and just the fact that I can be a testament to um to surviving that and not just surviving but thriving and finding blessings and joy you know in my life Mm -hmm. so um yeah I like that you shared there's a choice I can be better Mm -hmm. right or I can get better. And I feel like Julie might have shared something really similar. She was on the podcast a while ago about mm-hmm. losing her husband. And she had that choice and she was faced with it. Right. And I like hearing that same thing. I don't, the common threads through yeah. people's story where God carried them and said, you have, you know, there's a choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's the easier choice is to be better. You know, to stay <laughs> right. better. But I feel like, like you saying that, that you've had joy and blessings and purpose you know to to help others to be able to speak into others that have lost people if you stayed bitter you might have never seen those blessings and seen the purpose in it you know you could just choose to keep those blinders on and be angry at God and all that so I think it's cool and that's kind of something common we've with the people we've had on that have lost people they've said you know my pain has turn into this purpose yeah. and so it's it's cool to see right just mm-hmm. the different different ways yeah. that and hear it, it works. from you again that's good mm-hmm. 
Is there anything else that you would like to share about Evan or add in? Um, Well, you know, I actually, as I was thinking about this, there's a book that really helped that helped us. Um, It's a collection of sermons and it's not very well known, but it's called Don't Cry Past Tuesday. It's by Charles Poole. And it really, that really helped. He went through a really hard time with his daughter just having this extended illness and she ended up passing away, I believe. And he just, it's just a collection of sermons that he preached on grief. And, you know, it, it just really gave us comfort. And it's it's pretty short. It's a quick read. But it, you know, we got so many grief books and things that came our way. But that was one that was really, that was really meaningful. So. Don't cry past Tuesday. Yes. Okay. Evan actually wrote this sermon as part of Youth Sunday at my parents' church. And looking back... It's really like he wrote this sermon for us. Um, And I talked a little bit about how it was hard to understand um, because of just all the prayer that went in. And but but the sermon part of his some of his words were God's plan is difficult to understand and impossible to explain. Um, And, you know, I think that that's kind of at the heart of the fact that, you know, we'll never be able to explain it or understand why this happened, but that we can still trust him and that we may not see the, you know, we don't see the bigger picture necessarily, but he does. And he's behind the scenes, you know, working. I mean, the Lord's always there and he's unchanging. And um, that was just a really special thing that he left for us. And and I believe that he meant those words for us mm-hmm. to, get, to bring us comfort and hope. Um, at that time so yes that's special did you did you guys remember it how did you or find yeah. it somewhere or actually I was it's crazy because the the night the day we found out I spent the night that night at my parents and I did not sleep a wink that entire night and I stayed up and I read my bible and it occurred to me um I don't remember if mom or dad mentioned it um that he had wrote this sermon and or he had written this sermon and it was it had been not long ago I mean it was maybe two years before mm-hmm. his death and so I looked it up I think I had written it out in my journal while he was deployed and so I looked it up and I was like I was just amazed I mean I was just in awe I could not believe that he himself had written these <laughs> words and it was like he wrote them for me mm-hmm. Um, and for my family, because I think Evan worried a lot about me. I think he knew how anxious I was while he was there. And so he was always asking, you know, or asking my parents, you know, is Alice okay? You know, Aww. checking on me, which was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, you know, I was like, he meant these words for me. And so that was really meaningful. Yes. That's special so. that you found that. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you for sharing this story. Thank Thank you you for having me. Absolutely. We always (laughs) like to end with a fun question. So can you tell us some things that you're loving right now? It can be a holiday coming up. Mm -hmm. It can be a new pair of jeans you got. Whatever (laughs) it is. Just some some things that you're loving. Yeah. um, So (laughs) this is going to sound so cliche, but (laughs) I love all the fall things. Mm -hmm. I am obsessed with fall. But not just that, I've really enjoyed getting to experience those things with Marshall, like seeing his excitement 
um, you know, about dressing up as Batman for Halloween next week. <laughs> and he's already talking about Santa. He's oh, like, is yeah. Santa coming tonight? I'm like, no, we still have a while, buddy. A while. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to be patient. Um, so that's just been really fun because he's just at a fun age. And yeah. he's, like, a lot more aware of that kind of thing yes. now. Um, I also have a new Starbucks drink, if anyone mm-hmm. hasn't tried it yet. Um, it's the pumpkin cream cold brew. So... I had to take a break from it tonight because I've had way too many of those lately (laughs) because I live in coffee shops, writing papers. So anyway, so those are kind of a few things. pumpkin cream. So is that different than a pumpkin spice? It It is. It's not as (laughs) pumpkin-y. Good. Yeah. Because we were like talking. We did a girl chat and we were talking about one of the questions was, um, pumpkin spice or apple cider, and we were like, ugh, pumpkin spice. Get it away. We hate it. So but if it doesn't cream. taste as, yeah, I'm telling you. cold brew, so. You guys will love it. You have to okay. try it. Okay. I'll try, try it. it. Thank you so much, Alice, for all yes, that you shared you. with us. Mm-hmm. We really have enjoyed speaking with you and learning more about Evan and um, learning about just grieving through that process, but also the healing that, that you were able to see. Well, I'm honored that you guys Mm -hmm. asked me and that I just got an opportunity to share. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, friends, for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any exciting new 